You can support the Reality Check podcast on Patreon, GoFundMe, or by purchasing one of my books. Links down in the show notes below. Welcome to the Reality Check podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. So today I want to talk about the concept of loss and connecting to emotions. What's brought this up is my dog Max is quite ill. He's, we took him to the vet a couple of days ago and it doesn't look good. He's got like a slip disc in the neck, everything hurts, he can't walk. There's talk of needing surgery and the cost is just so far beyond our budget that unless we find a way for him to rest and recover, we'll probably have to put him down. So obviously this is fairly emotional and it brings up a whole bunch of stuff like, you know, obviously my feelings about him and the concept of death and loss and all of that sort of stuff itself. It sort of made me hyper aware of that concept, particularly related to my son, because, you know, losing a dog is one thing. And then that sort of triggers the feelings of, well, what if I lost other things in my life? So with all that in mind, I wanted to sort of deconstruct how I'm feeling and express it to you and sort of talk about what happens in my mind and with that whole process. I find that for me, I've got a clear block that appears as in a mental block that sort of protects me from strong emotions. Um, the technical term for this is dissociation. The idea being that when something traumatic happens, your mind stops it from over-impacting you. So the classic example would be if you're in a car crash and, or you're in sort of a traumatic experience where you see some, something gory or violent or just very intense, your mind blocks it off and you very quickly forget the full details or you can't quite recall, or even during when it's happening, you're not quite present for it. And the idea is that your brain does this to protect yourself so you don't keep reliving and it doesn't cause that psychological trauma. However, for people that had or have had prolonged low levels of psychological trauma throughout their lives, like I experienced at my dad's house with, you know, the addicts coming in and that sort of general feelings of unease combined with the legitimate cases of trauma that I did face as a child, you run the risk of developing dissociative issues taken to the extreme that can lead to split personalities and this whole other path. I'm not in any way like that, but what has happened with me is, is that heightened levels of emotionality cause my brain to switch off emotions and become highly logical, highly focused, highly pragmatic. And what that does is, is that it protects me, it keeps me safe, it allows me to keep functioning. And sort of deconstructing myself and my past and my reactions further, I've realized in the past I was, you know, growing up and sort of a lot of the time I was the one in the family either by my choice or by circumstance or just by happenstance was the one that people came to, or at least, or maybe I took that role on, I don't know the cause, but I always felt like I had to be the strong one. So when people were heightened emotionally, something bad's happening, I felt like I was always the counterpoint. So taking that a step further, now when something like this has happened, 
my partner's very sad and I've sort of slipped default into that role of not expressing my own emotions, not looking into it, blocking it off, dissociating from it to help her because she's clearly sad. When we just had a conversation talking about how whenever something happens with emotionality with myself and her or myself and my mum or myself and anyone else, it takes me a while because of my past to start checking into how I'm actually feeling because everyone else seems to be a lot quicker at connecting to how they're feeling and expressing it and, you know, going through this emotional landscape. Whereas for me, I take time. And what happens is in my time, in my process to get to feeling it all completely, the other person, could be anyone, is quite a lot more emotional. And so they're at like a level 10 emotional I'm at a level three. So then my default care and concern mode comes in and I'm like, well, I'm not feeling that bad. They clearly are. So I'm going to help them. So now that I'm deconstructing this, I'm like, well, obviously that's not healthy. I should be trying to be able to express it, but I need to have the the emotional space to do so. So that means for me, it means being able to express and talk myself without having the other person come back with very strong emotions. Obviously, that's hard when both people are emotionally affected by the situation because they're feeling it as well. So I've I've realized furthermore that I need to express to people like, hey, this is what I need from you. I've learned that despite what I'm feeling in my mind, other people need to have it said to them like, hey, this is what I need right now. What do I need right now? Well, what I need is, you know, calm, comfort time for reflection. I relate my mental state to that of a house cat. You know, when you've got a cat with you and they sort of want to be near you, but when you go to pick them up and do something with them, they sort of freak out and leave. When I'm heightened emotion, I just want to be near you and sort of comforted, but I don't really necessarily want to talk about it straight away. I need to sort of take time. This is me personally, obviously, decompress, process, see how I'm feeling, and then be able to express it. So, Part of the act of this podcast right now is me deconstructing these thoughts and sort of working out how I feel about it, how I feel about my, my, my dog, you know, being very sick and probably having to be put down. I'm very upset by it. I've realized that there's so many times that I could have spent more time with him. You know, if I went to a family member's house, I could have easily just put him in the car and taken him with me. But for that little extra effort, I didn't bother. And now I'm like, well, why, why didn't I? He could have just been in the backyard. He's not a bad dog, et cetera, et cetera. Could have just taken him. Could have had more time with him. Could have had him, you know, with me more. I could have spent, you know, done more stuff with him, went for more runs, the whole thing, you know, that, that grief regret cycle. I was hugging him and had my hand on his head and he sort of nuzzled into it just before. And it felt like, you know, that warm, connecting love feeling. And it felt like it was flavored by his energy, for lack of a better expression. It felt like him. It's like flavored serotonin, for lack of a better expression. And then I had this feeling, I'm like, you know, when he dies, and, you know, whether or not he gets through this this round of issues, he might, you know, he will die eventually, obviously. So I'll never be able to experience that same sort of feeling and connection and love that I got from him just then and now. Um, and it relates to a previous animal of mine, Jessie, a cat. I can't remember what she felt like. You know, when she nuzzled up to me, what was her flavor of serotonin? What was her energetic feeling? Whatever I was feeling then. 
you know, I, I can't, I can't recall. I know it was different. And that makes me sad that, you know, I can, I can picture her and I can remember certain aspects of, of my cat, but she'll be gone. This whole thing makes me, makes me really go, well, this is just an animal, obviously, you know, when it comes down to it, my dog Max is just a dog. And there are, you know, when I say just a dog that I do, you know, sorry to all the animal activists or vegetarians and vegans and all that sort of stuff. I have a level of, of people and things that I care about more or less, like my son ranks higher than my dog. However, you know, like you, you know, going through this sort of pre-grieving grieving process with Max the dog, it makes me go, well, far out. What if this was to happen with my son? What if this was to happen with my partner or, you know, close friends or anything like that? It just really highlights the transient nature of life. And it's, it makes you just feel that it's like the pain of developing emotional bonds and connections when they do break. It is painful. It hurts. It's, it's just, it's overwhelming. So I guess I'm sharing this with you because I wanted to, you know, like everything, I'm using it as a deconstruction to be able to help myself. But also I want to know if, if you can relate in the sense that do you feel this way? Have you felt this way? How do you handle grief and loss? Because for me, it's an emotional cloud that I initially block off with this dissociation because it's too much. And then over time, after time, you know, it might be when everything's calmed down, then I start to feel it. I know that other people that are in my situation have felt that way. And if you have, please comment, please let me know. Thank you. If you haven't already, please consider supporting the podcast. The best thing you can do is put a review up and share it with someone. My basic idea is that mental health and everything related is stigmatized. So if you share anything, anything related to mental health of other people, you're letting them know that you're someone that's safe and open to talking about stuff. So if they're in a time of need, they will know that they can come to you for support rather than staying alone and suffering in silence. So please review this podcast, share it around and let people know that you're, you're a safe person to talk to. And if you can, and if you're interested and you've got a little bit of spare cash that you'd like to throw my way to support this and keep this going, I'd very much appreciate it. I'll put in a link in the show notes below to a video, one minute video of how you can support what I'm doing here. But the basic summary is this, a small contribution on your end makes a massive difference on my end. The idea is that if everyone gets behind it and comes together, I'll be able to commit more time to writing, producing, creating all of the stuff that I'm doing here, and you'll keep getting the content. This takes, you know, what I'm doing here takes a decent amount of time to get up and get out there, and that's fine, and I'm passionate about it, and I'm going to keep doing it, but I'd like to do more, and the more support I get from you guys, the more, the more I'll be able to do. So please check the link, click, see how you can support, and there's a bunch of options there from Patreon to GoFundMe to books and merchandise um, and all that sort of stuff. So click the link, let me know, and yeah, if you want to connect with me, head over to my social media at Zach P. Phillips or at my website at Zachary-Phillips.com. And the links to those are down below as well. Catch up.